You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. people argue about the most it's all about the money <laughs> it's all about the rapping. benjamins baby jay yeah people have a hard time with money they do and there's actually a multitude of master classes roaming the internet as we speak on no <clears throat> there are actually some really good online courses yeah i've talked to a lot of people who have dramatically changed their finances through taking some online courses. Again, mm-hmm. you just have to use wisely, find wisely. There's a lot of people that, what was, what were we saying? There's a lot of people that teach you how to manifest more money, but they don't understand that you're not starting at the same finish line or you, you, like pull you up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Do you remember what we read? Yeah, it, it was, well, there's a couple things. So <clears throat> I forget what we exactly read, but basically it was saying that you we all come from different situations. We all come from, uh, we all have different experiences with things. And so you can't tell somebody like, Hey, all you have to do is go network and go do this. And you will then Mm -hmm. put yourself in the, uh, situation to make more money because some people just figuring out how to network is their first step. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we were talking about was proximity and you, have to put yourself in proximity to whatever it is that you want to create. And for my more spiritual people, what he means by proximity is find an extender because that's what we use in the spiritual world. Proximity is so cut and dry and it's really good too. What he's saying, put yourself in proximity to someone, find an extender, somebody who has the life you want to live. Yeah. The place like you and the keys, right? Um, We're manifesting X. Once we have X, we're going to go down there and put ourselves in proximity to the Y. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of seems the like... How? And then, the, yeah. 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 I have a story of manifesting how I lived. It's so funny that growing up, I always had such a deep-seated fear that I could never... And I don't even know where it came from. I guess we can get dive really deep into this. But that I need either a roommate, a best friend a family member or a husband in order to make it because my whole life has been splitting finances down the middle 50, 50. Mm -hmm. And just to give a little brief synopsis so people know what area of a room we're projecting from with our background in money and finances. I grew up with a single mom Mm -hmm. who raised me and my brother and I literally have core memories of watching us go to a church basement for bread and milk Mm -hmm. because it got that bad and food stamps galore oh yeah running through the grocery store pulling the coupons watching her every sunday morning cut coupons for hours to try and afford just the basic necessities for us Mm -hmm. now you know your moon sign in astrology represents your relationship and how you view your mother Mm -hmm. so mine is in scorpio which would represent on the empowered side, I view my mom as radical transformation, a phoenix rising from the ashes. Born into poverty, um, I watched her use government assistance Mm -hmm. to get a bachelor's degree in nursing. Boy, that poor woman was so stressed out, raising me and my brother only a year apart, going to biology class, which I can't imagine, having two little kids and having to study anatomy and physiology. God bless her Aquarius heart. But I watched her go from that, and then she her first job as a floor nurse, and she just rocked it, that cancer rising, yeah. and then quickly became the director of an entire nursing home, and I would go sit with her in this giant office that was like an apartment suite. I'd have lunch with her, and she would show me, and so and she went from scrubs to suits, and it was like, wow, that's my mom, and she was only probably 35, 36. And then I watched her in her 40s get a master's degree in nursing informatics. She wanted to take her director level to a higher level as technology and the internet got really big in the 90s, so the 2000s. She wanted to be like a software engineer with medical information systems. And so I watched her then get her freaking master's degree. And she had a salary taped to the ceiling in her bedroom. 
don't quote me on this, Mama, but I'm pretty sure it's two hundred and fifty thousand. It was six figures, and I remember a two in it. But she put two hundred and fifty thousand, just wrote it with a highlighter on a cheap piece of paper from the printer, and stuck it to her ceiling. And I remember thinking, "You're right. Like we're used to twenty five cents off of Hamburger Helper. What do you mean two hundred and fifty thousand dollars?" But um, as soon as she graduated with her master's degree, she earned that exact salary. Yeah. And would travel to Italy, to San Diego, to everywhere for work. And so I got to watch that radical transformation. So it's weird, though, because my childhood is riddled with those very important core memories of poverty. And even today, my mom is okay financially, but, you know, she's since filed bankruptcy like seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. It's off her record now, but she's got that. So that's my background. I've got a little bit of everything, yet the foundation and like my grandma thinks $60 is way too a much lot. for a dinner for two people, mm -hmm. you know? So I've got that core. I've got the, my great grandma who used to literally pick food from her front yard and eat yeah. it. <laughs> <clears throat> so it's almost like mama started a new generation of wealth and now it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what is yours? Give us your background because it's kind of different from mine. Yeah, mine's definitely different. I, and this is why I'm so connected to the food for thought right now. Not because I was ever the one who had to worry about where food was going to come from or I never really watched my parents Where's struggle. food for thought? Um, oh, yeah. So Food for Thought's an organization in Denver that I am going to be raising money for, which feeds um, children over the weekend because there is some astronomical percentage, like... 60-something percent of children in the greater Denver area don't have food to eat over the weekend mm -hmm. because they normally don't even have a parent around. So I was like, wow, I never truly experienced that growing up, and I can't even fathom it, so I want to be part of it. What I saw growing up was all entrepreneurs. Um, and within that, though, I did see a lot of almost too frugal. Like my grandmother was somebody who would not want my grandfather to spend money. And my grandfather was the kind like me, like, Hey, like we'll spend it if it's important and we'll make it back. And he had a little private plane. That yeah. You guys he had would a, fly. Up until I think That's I was like insane. seven, seven or eight years old. I think he had his own little, uh, it was a Cherokee six. If you Google that, I just know he used to always say a Cherokee six. It's incredible. But I got to watch him. I didn't get to watch him go through all the hard struggles because I was too young, but I got to watch him in the kind of middle portion of his entrepreneur journey and then towards the end of it. And I think that planted the seed of anything is possible, even though at home what I saw was my dad almost my entire life uh, until I was 19, I think. He was pretty much a 9-to-5-er, and, and I don't mean 9-to-5-er. He was like a 4 a.m. to to 9 p.m. where he worked at a power plant and he was very much uh kind of like my grandma he grew up super 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 poor very very poor um like his mom would have to wake up at 2 a.m. to start heating water one pot at a time to put in this big container so they could bathe nine kids and so he transferred that over into his life and he used to bitch at my mom if she would spend money or he would he was the type that he could have a pair of ripped jeans and know he needed a new pair, but he wouldn't go buy a new pair. And that actually kind of went over into me. Whoa. I, I, my face, you guys, is like, hey, wait, wait, wait a second. Yeah, that's... I'm looking at you. Yeah, that's kind of me. And I tell Steph all the time, I'm like, I don't really want to buy myself things. And I know that... Know. I know the connection, but I then try and tell myself, like, what's important to me? Mm -hmm. My dad did it from a very, like, I'm poor. I never want to be and poor you again. always pay bills late. Your phone has been turned off so many times. Call me out. Um, no, so, it's not a bad thing. You know how many people do that? It's a very common thing. There's so much to keep <clears throat> track of nowadays. But yeah, you, it, it, it's it's um that though. I don't know where that comes from because that's not anything in my in my family. They've all like they're all very much like we may not want to, but we're gonna like. They've all paid their shit on time, so yeah, I don't know where real. that comes you're from. Just, your head is in so many different pots at once. Yeah. You don't think of... Yeah, because my grandfather be, and all of them, they'd be pissed if if, I, if they knew that. Pay your tolls. <laughs> but I grew up seeing entrepreneurs. 
I got to watch some of the struggles, but I never experienced the um, the deep seated fear of lack of money. Like everyone who was around me somehow knew that they were going to make money. And I think that was from more of like my grandpa and my dad because they were men. And I think that's the difference. You weren't ever surrounded by men. Mm -hmm. Mama was so alone that Mm -hmm. it was just, holy fuck, like this is all on me. Thank you for pointing that out. That's a really big piece. I had two parents, no matter how shitty they were, and I had two grandparents, no matter how shitty or great they were. It doesn't matter, but there was two. And I think when there's a pair and you have a man who is very masculine, he always knows in his mind, no matter how toxic he is, like, I'm going to make shit happen. And that's all I ever saw. And so that's who I am. kids, Yeah, that's a really good point. I've always just watched my mom struggle by herself. And I never, as a child or adolescent, knew, like, well, if mama struggles, at least this guy will pick it up. Well, that's, and so I I know it's a culture thing. I know some, I know a lot of y'all who listen to this who may be from a culture up like north or whatever, where it's like, no, it's just men and women split things. Mm -hmm. That's just how we do it. But in the south. But in the south, like where I grew up, it's not. It's, It's the men do their thing, they make the money, they bring in the the kill, quote unquote, and like the woman isn't responsible for worrying about making money. Whatever she makes is what she makes, that's for her, but like she's not responsible for paying the bills, per se. Yeah. And that's what I saw my entire life growing up, so. Wow. So we come from radically different situations. Yeah. For sure. And I don't really think it, messes with our relationship too much no it's like i i I can see how me sometimes is like yo just do it but then how you can look at me sometimes Mm -hmm. and be like hey slow down oh like not just with money it's just a personality trait that we we have that but then i chose to get a higher education which Mm -hmm. comes with student loans because i did not obviously like everyone else couldn't afford it at the time but Mm -hmm. Promised land, student loans. And then I also have credit card debt from yeah. when I first started Light Workers Lounge. And then when I was going through my divorce, just a lot of different events came in my life. And I have credit card debt. Not yeah. too, too much, but yeah. it's there. And it takes it for anyone who's had it, it takes quite a while to get yourself out of it. Yeah. So I had to start a business by myself. Yes, I had support mm-hmm. from my mom because I got to live with her, but from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And it's really scary. And I have had everything blow up in my face and be living in my Subaru, like literally $20 to my name. And yes, I had the credit cards, but at that time they were maxed out. So I didn't technically have them. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary. And it's terrifying to see your dog having a heat stroke and think, oh my God, what do I do? And then call your dad and think, wow, well, he's never been in my life. Maybe he'll throw me a bone of $50 to get a motel for the night. Mm-hmm. And then when he tells you, when you get a real job and stop playing around with this podcast, then mm-hmm. I'll help you out. <laughs> yeah. it's. I bet he's proud now. <laughs> I um, So it's funny. We've both been in similar situations, but you're mm-hmm. a female and I'm a male. I remember having zero money. Have, but I didn't have debt. So starting off when I went, when school came about, it was like, I've, I've always known that school, quote unquote, just wasn't for me. Yeah. And making money has always been my thing. And that was probably a wound. I should have went to school. Maybe I should have got some student loan debt, but I didn't. Um, I bet your grandparents would have paid for it. No, they wouldn't have. No? No. They wouldn't have encouraged <clears throat> you to go to college? I no, because like put- I, I paid for my first semester at Coastal Bend. Oh, uh, yeah. No, nobody was going to pay for my stuff. But um, so I was like, all right, I'm 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 not going to go to school. I'm going to go straight to work because if I go to work, I can start stacking money and I can buy a house and I can do all these things. And I did, but there was times in between where like I had nothing. I remember selling back then, I think I had like a PlayStation 1 or something and some mm-hmm. games. And I remember I had no food mm-hmm. to eat and I didn't want to ask anybody for anything. And I had a partner um, at the time and I was like, okay. I just got to make it work. Like I can't depend on her. And so I went and pawned and, or not pawned. I went and sold at the pawn shop, my PlayStation and the games and pretty much everything I had just to get money so I could get groceries to then put myself, like keep grinding, keep grinding and bring in money. Yeah. And so we come from different worlds, but at the end of the day, I think everyone experiences very Mm -hmm. similar things. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So that's where we are coming at you guys from. That is our background. That is our history. If you do research, dig me on the internet, my life is all over Google. If you Google my name, you won't find any hidden trust fund or <laughs> nothing like that. No, we built it all ourselves. Like yeah, <clears throat> quite when literally. I, when I say I was going to save up and buy a house, I failed, I fall, I, I got back up, ended up buying a house, and then gave all my money away. And it's just... It's been a cycle. So, yeah, that's who we are. Yeah. There's still, when I, correction, when you do my taxes and I get to look at how much money I made that year and I see that it's twice or three times as much as what I made working a corporate job, doing what everybody told me to do, get the business degree, get the job. It's like I, I still haven't digested it. It's still in my esophagus where I'm like, what? And I think it's because I am breaking just like four lineages of ancestral patterns of, well, I got to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I got to work for this person. This is the way to security. And it's like, no, that is the quickest way to shrivel up. Yeah. So it's interesting. I do, being around you, one of my favorite things that you and your energy has taught me is to not worry so much about money because it will always appear if you just keep taking steps you just look at every financial situation you're in as a lesson every job you're currently working as something that's helping you reach what you want to money appears and i have to remind myself i've never gone hungry Mm -hmm. i have never been homeless with you so it's nice to have a partner but i still and you can probably tell more than I can, where this comes from, I'm like, yeah, well, what if we break up? What if he dies? I can't just rely on him for money because if you get hit by a car while you're out for a run, training for Nolans, I, what do I do? I can't just kick back and like... I think... I where does that come from, Ben Jay? Well, <laughs> know where it comes from, but I think a lot of people struggle with that. And you have to stop yourself, not just you, just anyone. You have to stop yourself right there. Like when those thoughts come up, you have to stop yourself because at the end of the day, how am I going to buy all my organic skincare products? You did it before me. (laughs) People give it to you. Um, You did it before me and you'll do it after me. And it's not a, it's not a Capricorn mentality to be like, I don't need you, Mm -hmm. but it's a very much like, I understand I'm an independent person and I'm going to very much be enmeshed in this partnership and we're a team while it's here. But before you, I made it work. And after you, if, you know, God willing, that doesn't happen. But if, if you leave this earth or we break up, whatever it may be, like, I'm going to make it work again. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to worry about making it work until I got to worry about making it work. Mm-hmm. Because you will. Every one of y'all will. Everybody who's listening to this, I promise you, if you look back on the last one year of your life, there's been things that you've gone through and overcome or currently overcoming that you just thought were unbelievably, like, terrifying at some point in your life. Couldn't reach it. But now that you're on the other side of it, or now that you're in the middle of the storm, you're like, oh, like this <laughs> sucks. This is hard, but like, I'll be okay because I'm going to make it work. To imagine when you think of the Florida Keys here in the United States, people think, oh, what a beautiful place. It's probably cost a arm and a leg to live down there. I thought so too. I know so. It, it's a fact. But <clears throat> as I was growing up, married, all that stuff, all my 20s, and I had the notion in my mind, like, I could never afford these things by myself because with the current job I was at, oh, my gosh, my biweekly paychecks were, like, $800. Mm-hmm. When I would reach 1000 or more, when I would work my butt off doing overtime, I was like, oh, I'm loaded. It's so sad. I mean, it was but a different time. It was, and my apartment at the time was like 800 a month for this beautiful new thing. (laughs) Wow, that's how much it costs to flush a toilet now. But if some little voice would have just appeared out of my closet and said, you're not only going to financially support yourself for all of your expenses, but it's going to be down in the keys by yourself, yes, alone. I'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine myself having my own apartment in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Like, what? Yeah. But it happened, and I did it. And yes, I lived in a little treehouse that isn't something you should be living in longer than six months, but it was mine. And I paid for my car and my insurance and my phone, and I did it. Did I scrape by? Barely. Yes, but I did it. 
Yeah. And that is so cool. And I really hope that my psych and subconscious can digest that because once I fully do, it's in me forever. I, I really feel like fear of money will just disintegrate. <sighs> Does it ever? No. Are there? Does Ed Milet worry about no, money? No, that's. I was gonna say. The, the, <laughs> does Elon thing. Musk shake over finances? Yeah. The <laughs> the the worry of money never truly goes away. We're always all gonna be worried about it because there's so many things outside of our control. But what you get really good at is understanding that you will always make it happen, mm-hmm. even if. I know for a fact Elon Musk had an interview where he literally put every single dollar from Tesla into SpaceX praying <laughs> that he got the contract. We we would not know who Elon Musk is today if he didn't gamble 100% of wow. his money from Tesla. I forget how many millions, all of it though, on SpaceX. And he had two chances to launch a rocket. The first one failed. He had one last chance. Mm-hmm. And if that rocket wouldn't have launched, he would not have gotten that billion-dollar contract from the government. Therefore, mm-hmm. he would not have been able to pay Tesla back. He'd have been broke. He'd have been gone. But you know what I think he knew was that as scary as this is and how many lives could be ruined by this because I'll have to fire them all, I know that even if I fail, even if this rocket doesn't launch and I don't get the money and I am broke, that I know I can build it all again. Wow. That's it may really take cool. me time, but I can do it all again. That's really cool. And I think also what has helped me is I I think what's the worst? Then what? We lose this beautiful house <coughs> on the lake. We lose my forerunner. We lose all these things. Okay. I have no problem thanks to my upbringing living in a rundown trailer on land in Alabama. Like It'll be a new adventure. But here's my mindset is I'll never, so long as we're together, ever allow that to happen. But wouldn't we be so happy? We'd be playing board still, games with the cicadas. Oh, We'd we be still, have a great ass time. We still would. So I keep those thoughts that like I'm happy with nothing, yeah. but I know that that'll never be the case if it's in my control. It's just, it feels so good to know that like, yeah, we'll never be lazy and let it happen to where we're just doing that, you know, where we lose everything. But the fact of the matter is, is even if, I don't know, something terrible happened out of our control and that was our fate. Yeah. Bring it on. Homemade pizza night and... Playing Battleship Under the Stars. <laughs> What's well, like, my, I think what you have to realize when it comes to money and it comes to, like, money is just a reflection of your life. Mm-hmm. If you believe in yourself, money will always come. If you, are, you. if you are confident in what you're doing daily, things like money will come. Like, so it all goes back to, like, the habits and the beliefs you have, the words you speak, the, the basics of your day-to-day are what are going to completely fuck up your day or make your day. And 100%. money is a very big part of that. Whenever so. I look at my bank account and get stressed about debt and check my credit score, which is good now, but whenever I get in those feels, I'll immediately do a gratitude list. Mm-hmm. Because when I just stop, drop, and hand write it out, I'm like, wow, I'm actually abundant as hell. Yeah. I have got so, I almost feel just privileged and yuck. Like, how could I even think this way? Look around, girl. Yeah. It's, that's what I do anyway to get my mindset back on an abundant frequency. So, this episode was actually meant for um, a listener who wrote in about finances. She is a Cancer Sun, Capricorn Moon, Scorpio Rising. She writes, I feel absolutely cursed financially. I cannot keep a job very long for reasons that aren't related to me exactly. It's either the business is downsizing or they aren't making enough revenue, etc. It's really odd. I am working until I open my own very first business, which is my ultimate dream. But I'm terrified that this curse will follow me and everything I'm working towards with my business and dreaming of will fail because nothing has been able to stick for me so far. What do you think? My first first letter recommendation, (laughs) my first piece of advice to you would be you're not cursed. You just haven't figured out what those daily habits that put you in the right uh, mm-hmm. proximity are. Mm-hmm. And so I would just take a look at what do you do when you wake up? What are the thoughts you have throughout the day? Who are the people you hang out with? Don't look mm-hmm. at money. Don't look at work. Look at everything that makes you who you actually are. 
And are you being who you actually want to be? And if you look at that first, I think it'll answer a lot of the questions. You know, what's so small, but yet the mo- one of the most impactful things that has ever happened to me personally in terms of finances was when we first started dating and you were a general contractor, mm-hmm. still very much in the construction world. And we would just sit together and work together literally. Mm-hmm. But I got to watch you both write and deposit on your own regard, like five figure, six figure checks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, like just to see that on your desk was yeah. like, what? People get checks for this much money? <laughs> and yeah. your demeanor, which was just so like how I would be with $3,000, I was like, yeah, what about it? <laughs> just to see that like, yeah, aim higher, girl. Seven figure, eight figure, what do you mean? Was like, oh, yeah, yeah, six figure. That's a lot. I could imagine. I, I can imagine looking at somebody. And Andy how you're Priscilla. like, why do you only charge that much? And I'm like, <clears throat> uh, uh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's to a, be poked and prodded like that. But then I have people in my life who I'm really close with, family, who will look at what I charge and go, oh, whoa, why would you charge that much for a star rating? <laughs> I, think, I think we can tell where they're from with that yeah. accent. <laughs> God bless them. But... You know, and yeah. they're my favorite people, but it's just, you see your end of the table says, why are you only charging that much? Mm-hmm. You you have so much experience and leverage. Why would you do that? And then the other side of the table that goes, why would, who can afford that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not, it's not that this is a, this is a case of you need to take people up the ladder with you, but don't keep sitting at the table with them. Mm-hmm. Like transfer them to different tables with you. Um, but yeah, if you stay sitting at that table with individuals who are very limited mindsets and they came from a very hard world and so they just can't see at all, they're just, they have these blinders on and no matter how hard you pull, you're not going to rip them off. The only way you can help them is by helping you. Mm-hmm. And again, by putting yourself in the vicinity of six-figure checks or people who are doing big things. Like for me, I can't imagine what it would feel like if Andy Frisella walked up with a $4 million check and was like, yo, you want to roll with me to the bank? <laughs> I'd be like, where does this $4 million even go? What the FDIC do? only, <laughs> like, what? what? Like, so I can't Is imagine. Is that your proximity? Yeah, that, and that's why I've started to put myself around people, people who, who are... Normal. Yes, yeah. this is how much I make. Yes, this is what I do. So that even though internally you're like, holy shit, yeah. soon that holy shit turns into, yeah, totally. Hey, I made this much. And it just gets natural. Mm-hmm. I think if I had a huge group of people with the same mindset as you that I was with all day long, mm-hmm. oh my God. Women. I mean, I kind of am now. Yeah. A lot of my friends are entrepreneurs and it's really cool. Yeah. Versus if I stay stuck to the past with people who are like, $100 to read your star sign, what, <laughs> what would I be? One of your one of your friends, and I'll say her name, Sierra, um, you love her. She's she's <laughs> she is honestly one of the few people that I've ever looked oh, at. She's that my I've said for sure. that person right there has the right mindset mm-hmm. to do big things, and the fact that she has stuck with what she does every single day, mixing tinctures and making all her CBDs oh, yeah. and doing all like coming up with new labels, like her mind, like you say, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. It's very much like me. But she sticks to the fundamentals of her she's business. She's my chart twin. And she's your chart twin. <laughs> like, she is somebody oh, who yeah. I would want in my proximity. For those of you wondering, I'm pretty sure I've spoken about her. Definitely on Instagram. She is the owner of Sierra Wana CBD Company. And I met her in the Keys. She is a listener of the podcast and has been for years. And when I lived in the Keys, I just went to a farmer's market one Sunday morning. And I was looking at the tables and her logo and Sierra Juana is just so beautiful. And I loved it. Rocked up to her table and was like, what is this? Because I'm fascinated. And she immediately recognized my voice and then saw Jeffrey on my pug and was like, wait a second. Well, she looked at y'all looked at each other and then y'all were like, wait, is there a mirror between us? Like, oh, no, you're a different person. Yeah, We're both blonde hair and blue eyes. We don't look that much alike. But she was just like, do you have a podcast? Yeah, and we had a little fangirl moment together, but ever since then, we were besties. Yeah, I love that girl so much, but I started to hang out with her. She was like, you got to come to my office and mm-hmm. 
big pine key. And just so I would just go sit with her in this office space that she was paying for, like a brand new mom, two kids under four. And she was paying for this gorgeous office space. You can see a little glimpse of the ocean from it. And I just watched her. I didn't even do anything. I just sat and watched her go around between like the laboratory gear. And then she had a big whiteboard with a calendar on it. And she would write how much money she spent on supplies and then how much she made at a farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And I would see her make thousands at one farmer's market event yeah. and i would be like what she's like yeah that was a good day huh i'm trying to make sure that all my days are at least three thousand i was like wait so if you make that much every that means you only have to she's yeah. like yeah that's the goal and i was like whoa i've never been around someone like this yeah and so she'll never know but like i was shaking in my boots like holy shit she's gonna look at me and be like how much do you make yeah. <laughs> uh well Charging 20 bucks for a Daryl right now. But, <laughs> but seeing that was like, you know what? I can be like that. Your <clears throat> the greatest outcome always comes from a place of impact. And so it's why people who are truly successful, it may take a lot of time because you have to create a lot of impact before money actually comes. And that's something that I've learned going from construction to, to helping with people's health and coaching people is that I want and feel that I'm worth X amount right now. Yeah. But I also know that I need to go impact a thousand people mm -hmm. before in my mind, I deserve a hundred, yeah. you know? And so watching you watching people like Sierra and then this girl asking her question, it would be number one, create daily habits that make me feel good that align me with impact. Number two, go create that impact. Number three, then my money and my business will move. Yeah. I just keep looking at our little money tree in between the microphones. <laughs> like, it's trolled up and dying. Like, it did, well, but it's actually know. got some new, it actually has some new weird growths, like curved Sounds leaves. about like our finances. <laughs> hey, it's definitely coming from weird places now. Oh my gosh. But uh, our cancer friend does finish her email saying, do you think that this curse, air quotes, curse could be happening because I am meant to do what I'm dreaming of, not work for other people? Do you want feet on the ground Is real this quick? The, <laughs> we're going to differ in this. I vote yes. No. <laughs> I don't think. No, no, no. Uh, my story of when I started Light Workers Lounge, went through my divorce, got laid off from the health coach company I was contracted for. Like I really virgoed it out, but it was just out of my control and failed. So I was like, that's all right. I'm a professional failure because I want to be an entrepreneur. It is all good. I applied for 93 jobs in Manchester, New Hampshire and online. I didn't get a single. Well, I got one interview, one interview for this like orange theory health coach, something. I don't know. Didn't get it. And not a call back from any of them. And I walked in person, shook hands, dressed nice, nothing. And I was like, this is insane. I've got managerial experience and a bachelor's degree under my belt. Magna cum laude. This is like, <laughs> something is up. Something. This is wild. And so I said, okay, you know what? Get creative. At 9am, I created a little punch card and I punched in this little fake shit I made. And I would say, okay, sit. Don't move until your lunch break at noon. Then you can go pretend you're on lunch break. And then come back and sit until 5 p.m. doing nothing but Lightworkers Lounge, content creation, podcast. I found an agent to get um, advertisements on the show just every single day. And within two weeks, had 10,000 followers. So here's my thing. Feet on the ground. <laughs> I don't think it's the universe or these jobs trying to push you to be an entrepreneur. I don't think that's why this is happening. I think it's because your mind has already made the decision that this is what you want to do. So therefore, nothing is going to work out. If it Example, it'd be like if in my mind I had already made a commitment to be in a different relationship while I'm with you. I'm therefore not going to do the correct daily actions to make this relationship work. Therefore, it's going to end. Why because you I'm somewhere smoke else. Me like this? So, no. So you're right. <laughs> no, this is fucking brilliant. You're, you're right. But I think what it is is the case of the red car. When you think about a red car, mm -hmm. you see the red car. Mm -hmm. Your questions, like I dissected all Scorpio Moon, 
you already made your decision. Therefore, your actions are that decision with other jobs. And so you are the one telling the universe, this is what I want. So therefore... Or if she applies for a regular yeah. job, she goes into it like, oh, the other one's going to bite the dust. Yeah, you may think that you're like, okay, I'm excited about this, but really deep down inside in your gut, you've already told yourself, I want to work for myself. And you're carrying that so into everything you do. of course those jobs are going to... Yeah. Or even if you get picked out of a crowd to get laid off, it's probably because the owner or the manager or whatever sees like... Sees she's, and feels it. She's kind of tapped out. Or you've she's said it. She's a good it. employee, but she's just kind of not all here because her mind is in her dream. Yes, and we don't realize... Wow. We don't realize how big our fucking mouths are sometimes. <laughs> Especially ladies. Y'all like to talk. Yeah. And you say things that most people pick up on that you don't even pick up on. So when you're sitting at the nine to five office desk next to Carol and she's <laughs> eating her breakfast burrito and you're having your green Carol, smoothie fucking Carol. and you look over and you're like, man, I can't wait to start my business. Don't think that Carol ain't telling somebody else who's telling somebody else. <laughs> right. That's true. So now, that, that was really good. That was really, really good. I totally agree with that. Now to put our head in the stars a little bit, her chart does scream kind of exactly what you just said. She has a T-square, which is, you know, you guys know the red and blue lines you'll see in the middle of your birth chart wheel. She has a T-square, which is when those lines make a red triangle. And I always picture that red triangle as a bow and arrow. So if you are pulling the arrow back to shoot it through, boing, it hits the opposite house that the tip of that arrow is at. So for her, this is the 12th house. This is a really strong area of focus for her, which means she is being asked to look deeper and uncover the truth about what is going on in her subconscious mind. Makes total sense. Just what you said. I'm thinking we're like the perfect... I'm telling you what. Now there's more. But wait, there's more. She has two stelliums, one in the second house and one in the Mm. eighth house. Again, for our beginners, a stellium is when there's three or more planets in one house, one pie slice in that zodiac wheel. She's got the second house of earned income and finances and the eighth house of inheritance and sudden windfalls. In terms of money, these are what these two mean. When I'm looking at a chart and talking to someone about their career and financial prospects, I pull in these two houses and the 10th. So automatically, as an astrologer, I'd look at this and say, oh, yeah, money is definitely a cause of concern in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. That second house stellium, she's got her Capricorn moon sitting in there. Having money equates to her feeling safe and grounded. So it is really, really important. So knowing this, to tell her to throw caution to the wind and risk it all and bet on herself is terrifying for her. And so, of course, she keeps falling back in these comfortable, grounded jobs where the paycheck will always come because it is very scary for a person like this to bet on themselves. Now, her eighth house stellium is actually even bigger. It's four planets, and they're all inner planets, which means their energy is felt internally, big time. The eighth house is death and rebirth, radical transformation. When you've got planets in this house, change and not recognizing yourself every year is a must. Do not fight it. I love this for her because it tells me when she uncovers the subconscious thoughts that are holding her back and trusts in her strong ability to work, she gets sudden windfalls. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I look at her chart, she also has a yod. This is the finger of God. It's another aspect in the middle, and it's pointing at her Venus and Gemini in the seventh house. This translates into someone who I would suggest writing a book, co-writing a book, or writing a book about love or relationships, the troubles and the pain, things like that. Her mentime is in Leo. I'd be interested to know. a famous person. I'd be interested to know what her choice of entrepreneurial like direction was going to be. I know. I wish she told us her dream business. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it has something to do with healing because she is a Scorpio rising with Pluto, the planet that rules Scorpio conjunct to one degree sitting on top of that rising sign. She is a force. She has, if she were to walk into a room, she's got intimidation and power written all over that body. That is a force forced to be reckoned with. A lot of my Scorpio risings naturally fall into roles as healers, therapists, 
Uh, I read somebody who had this who started a domestic violence shelter and absolutely loves it. It makes her feel so good. I remember asking her, how do you go home and like eat dinner and watch Netflix like it's no big deal after watching like bruised and battered women come in and out all day? She's like, because I love what I do. I give them a safe space and I get to see them take their first deep breath of relaxation in months and I love it. You know, that's big Scorpio energy though. A lot of people couldn't. But this is her. She's meant to be a healer. I can totally get why she's like, I am not a nine to five. Or her midheaven is in Leo as well. Something with creativity and possibly even children is her muse and what she needs to do. I think, um, just trying to type in a question. I think with everything you just said, I would really lean back heavily on the the daily things that this that this woman enjoys doing mm-hmm. that helps her get closer to whatever that entrepreneur journey looks like. Mm-hmm. But if she's talking about curses with money and these and like things like that, there's some like simple things you can do, right? Like living below your means, which is what you mean when you say we could live without anything. We could. Be happy. It's not that I'm ever like that'll never happen. But when that seed is planted in your mind that like we pretty much live below our means at all times, we still have nice things and do like go on trips and stuff. Right? Our motorhome like, life is some of my favorite memories. Yeah, but we <laughs> we understand, and I think this is something you have to understand fully, fully, is how to live below your means and enjoy it. And yes, and still enjoy life. Yeah. Don't don't ever put yourself living below your means fucking hating life because you never know when it's going to end. Mm. So it's a, it's like this delicate blend yeah, of those is. two. And I look at, she's got her Saturn and Capricorn. Saturn is your karmic lesson. This is where some self-discipline and grit and work is going to show up. Hers is in Capricorn mm-hmm. in the third house. This is self-discipline of the mind. See these connections we're making? Yeah, She's got to trick her mind and intellectual third house that she can be financially self-sufficient and my Saturn and Capricorn people we because it's my placement we came here to be manifestors we are usually slow starters and it usually takes us a bit longer to reach a really good position financially but boy when we get there we Oprah style get there and enjoy the fruits of our very hard labor that was long time coming And so she came here to learn financial stability for herself. And so with her chart, I would recommend having a little side gig as you work towards your dream so that your Capricorn moon heart still feels grounded knowing that the finances are coming from somewhere just Mm -hmm. to pay, you know, the basics, the car note, the health insurance, the groceries. Um, I I do talk about it a lot, but in case y'all forgot, while I was starting Lightworkers Lounge, I lived with my mom, so I did not have to pay rent or utilities, which really helped financially. Mm -hmm. But I also used Upwork.com to do some freelance stuff. So I worked for car dealerships. I worked for law firms, just doing admin stuff, entering data into spreadsheets. And I made 15 bucks an hour. I'd do that for like four hours at night. Mm-hmm. Paid my car, paid my insurance, bought myself groceries. So that's an idea for her to do that until she finally gets her bearings with her dream business. Right? Yeah. Is that feet on the ground? Yeah. Uh, it's one of the last little pieces of advice that I would give anyone who is truly committed to being an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, because it's hard, is you have to understand what it takes and how to build a positive mental attitude every fucking day because it's hard. Mm -hmm. And so even her leaning into, because it makes sense with her chart, even her leaning into like, okay, let me find how to learn, grow, and be absolutely immersed in this job, quote-unquote job, that I currently have because what that is doing is feeding my passion. And so you have to go into that, uh, that workspace mm-hmm. not so focused on the, the entrepreneur journey, but more so like a positive mental attitude creating impact wherever you're at right now, where your feet are right then, knowing that this is the catalyst to become everything you wanted to be. Now, you can just go cold turkey and jump straight into being an entrepreneur, but you also then have to understand 
there comes a different set of challenges with that. There comes debt. There comes not eating some nights. There comes a lot of things that most people aren't willing to sacrifice right away. And you don't have to. It just, it's going to take your journey a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So you have to be completely committed to aggressive patience, like knowing that I don't know how long this is going to take. It may not happen today, but it can happen any day as long as I keep moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, you guys. I I know you see my life on Instagram and think, my God, this girl lives in Florida Key. She lives in the mountains. Oh my God. But I, I got credit card debt at the wazoo. To me, anyway. I still got a good credit score, but I have credit card debt. And this is because I invested in me. Mm-hmm. For all, for, I remember I used my credit cards for when Lightworkers Lounge only had 8,000 followers or so. I had a game where I was like, okay, if anybody sees a synchronicity on my account, like 222 likes, 111 comments, circle it, send me a screenshot, and I'll send you like a little crystal with a little chakra card. I, I paid for all these things. All of my books, even the one I just released last year, it's just a phase. I paid for these mm-hmm. on my own <laughs> money. Even if it's credit cards, I'm betting on myself. So I've been in the Lightworkers Lounge game for five years now, and I think that's pretty good to have as much credit card debt as I do have, to be making as much as I do. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not perfect. It's not anywhere near where I want it to be, but you have to be comfortable with this long-term game. Yeah. yeah you got right? to be, un- be comfortable being uncomfortable. What did I say the other day that you loved? I said, to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to become a professional failure. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Because 90% of the time, you fail. You hit a wall, hit a wall. And adding that to her chart, she has her south node. So if you guys remember, your north node is your spiritual destiny, this purpose that you should move towards to really feel fulfilled with what you do with your eight hours a day in this lifetime. Your south node, the node exactly opposite of your north and your birth chart, is who you were in a past life, what you bring into this life that is comfortable and familiar. Mm. Her north node's in Aquarius, which means her south node is in Leo. When I see this, she was famous in a past life. Everybody adored her. They loved her. She got all the likes and all the follows in our today's language. So when she comes to this lifetime, she's being asked to be the director of the movie rather than the star of the show. And people with this placement in their chart, I often see them give up very quickly. Mm -hmm. They make a beautiful reel for Instagram promoting the launch of their business and get six likes and a hundred views. And they are just crushed because their soul from a past life is not used to that. They're used to everybody wanting their autograph and paparazzi following them. So it's like, oh, I suck. I'm not going to reach that. So that's just one thing I want to point out about her chart. Maybe she will or won't resonate with it, but really work on that self note in Leo. You've got to let that go, especially since she was born in 90. So she she's, she's turning 34. Mm-hmm. No, 33. 33. So she's only 32. Yeah, she's just, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there we go. There's an episode about money. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We are moving Friday morning. Oh, you want to say something? Well, you were going to give some book recommendations on money. Unless you don't want to anymore. I didn't write them down. Oh, well, the only... Did you? No, well, I have some, but I think the... it's. I don't know if you enjoyed it, but I think it's like it's very black and white, which is probably why you didn't because you love novels and you love taking your mind other places. But this is a very black and white subject. It was easy to understand, so you were like, bah. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. But the, there's a book called The Go-Giver, and I think it's, uh, I think it is fundamentally one of the yeah. best books you can read no matter what you're doing or where you're at on your journey, especially when it comes to money. That's what the whole book's premise is written around is money. Yeah. And so it may be a simple read, but it's very like cut, dry and some really good lessons that you can take and apply. So, so I wanted to recommend that one. Who's the author? Uh, uh-oh, you can put me on the spot now. Go Giver is written by Go Giver and Okay. We have horrible Wi-Fi. Is it broken? Um, it's written by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Bob Berg and John David Mann. Yep. yep. And did you write down, because I know before we recorded this, I was like, oh, B 
People are going to have their ears tuned in. Where else can people find resources to help them? Because we gave them solid advice of like, mm-hmm. be with the right people, find your extenders, your proximity. Mm-hmm. But what are some tangible like podcasts, books that you recommend for people? You know, I know I don't agree with everything this woman puts out, but somebody who is very sharp and, and somehow has figured it out is Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. Yeah, I do like her. Is she's she's different. She's a lot. She is a Libra, <laughs> but and I know all you Libras right now are going. We've, uh-huh. we've been getting a lot of emails from Capricorns. Apparently, we bashed them in an episode. I don't even remember. Ooh, we I pissed off so Capricorns. Much. Well, they're more like haha, not funny. But then they're like, okay, I booked a reading with you. <laughs> yeah, but Mel Robbins is a is a female who has kind of figured out the game. She fell flat on her face. She had a wealthy ex-husband. Like she just has a she has a, a story that she is open with, mm-hmm. but she's figured out the game of money. Like, mm-hmm. and so if if I were a female, I think I would kind of look towards other females who have done it. And what um, do you think of people who just do um, money mantras every morning? Like they listen to a YouTube of repeating money mantras. I think it's, I think anything you do that you put intent in, is beautiful, but you have to then apply the thing after. So like you can you can beat your chest like Goggins was saying and scream what affirmations. You, I'm gonna poke this bear. Okay. Because I'm a sad, just what I do. <laughs> what do you think of the people who practice the spiritual side of money, who practice the affirmations, who listen to the mantras, who listen to Abraham Hicks and just plug it in my plug it, in, but they're not making money and it's been years. I think makes them feel good, <clears throat> but what happens? Like the spark begins because I think it's a really beautiful morning practice, mm-hmm. and even at nighttime to play it or just play it in your house as you're cooking mm-hmm. or doing chores. But where does the spark go out between that and then out in the real world? What well, has kind of asking for myself a little bit? It has to be something you're truly connected to. You can't just say, "I want to be a fucking millionaire." Like if you're that vague universe, God, your own inner self, feet on the ground, you're going to have no direction. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, I want to go to Florida. Where in Florida? I just want to go to Florida. PCB is way different than Kansas. Exactly. So you're going to end up in PCB and go, ugh. Yeah. Like, no, you have to be specific. <laughs> so you have to then take these affirmations, which are beautiful, like screaming at yourself in a mirror, writing down mantras, listening to cool podcasts and people who give you super insightful things like... um all this stuff is beautiful, but you have to truly be connected to why. Like, what is the heartbeat of the why? It's not just the why, it's deeper. There's a heartbeat that connects you to the why, and you have to know that. If you don't know that, you'll blindly be going in different directions, and you'll be one of those people like I was in my past. You'll make... You'll make some good money, you'll go do something, but you'll either give it away or lose it somehow. And you're like, what the hell? Mm. And then you'll make some money and you'll lose it or you'll give it away. And you're like sitting back going, why am why can't I keep this shit? Like, oh, I don't even know what I want it for. Like, I want it for a house. No, it's deeper than that. What do you really want it for? What is the heartbeat of the why behind the thing you want? Find that and you'll never lose it. Very true. I'm just contemplating on my own over here, picking my teeth and deep thought. Well, use you. You say, I <laughs> want the house. And you say this all the time, right? We all, like, the world knows it. You want your house and the keys. I want to pay for it in cash. But why? Like, not even finance. What is the heartbeat of that why? The heartbeat of that why is, um, yep, here it is, because it could make me cry, is to show my mom and my grandma, God, please make her alive when this still happens. Like, look, I paid for this. I know you guys never got to do something like this, but I, I did it for us. And to just show that the women in my lineage are powerful mm-hmm. and that we can do this. So there you go. So on the days where you read those affirmations or on the days when things are really hard and you just want to quit and give up and cry and, and fall into depression. I think of that moment. I think of turning the doorknob. I, I can smell it. Literally, mm-hmm. I can smell the breeze. I can smell the house. It's right there at the tip of my tongue. But also, now that we're just on the spot talking about this stuff, my why for that house is because as I open that door, I unlock my creativity mm-hmm. because that house, whether I live in it full time or not, is going to be where I write. 
So there you go. I want it's, to write novels. That's all I want to do is write stories. It's nobody's opinion that matters more than yours. What's your why? Well, my why to what? Why do you want money? Why do I want money? Um, because I want to create massive impact, and I want to help. On who? I want to help people who feel like they have no choice, and and especially kids. I've always had this connection to kids. Even when I was in high school rodeo, I was like the only dude who would take his horse for the special uh, Olympic rodeo thing. I want, I want to help the underdogs. I want to help the people who, um, who yeah. don't feel like there is a way. People who have a mindset that say, I've never seen abundance. I don't even know what that's like or how to obtain it. I want to show them. I want to be the philanthropist one day that just says, I believe in you, and I can see that you're not truly believing in you because of this. Here, I want to help you. Not wow. just financially. I, I want to help drive this cart forward with you because I see your greatness. Wow. So, and kids are the ultimate. If we want to heal the world, we have to stop wanting to do it ourselves. We have to help children and let I them. Want, I want to be able to donate to animals, animal shelters, animal sanctuaries. Animals at some point are just going to turn on us anyway because we're As all they horrible should. to them. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, want, I want to deeply impact as many people as possible. Yeah. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But fix your relationship with money. This is something, even before I met you, I had to take a good look. Living with my mom at 30, it sucked, but it was really cool to be at that age and stage of my growth and soul's evolution to be to live with her and not be in it with her. I was just the observer because I had been a married woman. I had lived on my own. And so it was a totally different dynamic between us where I could just observe the woman that raised me and mm-hmm. think, wow, if those were the, I mean, she means no harm, of course, but if those were the things that were echoing between my ears as a kid, it is no fucking wonder. Mm-hmm. I have these beliefs. And what I realized is our relationship towards money is it's bad. People who are wealthy, people who are rich must be snobby, mm-hmm. bad people, manipulative. Mm-hmm. And so I had to retrain my brain and living in the Keys really helped with this because I placed myself around people who own four homes and three cars, that they were normal people, mm-hmm. that they walk around barefoot and went to the same shrimp shack to get the same sandwich as me. That there's, they're, they're really great people and they donate a lot and they're exactly who I would want to be. I think Goggins said it on a podcast the other day and I really, I liked it and it really resonated with me. Where I'm going now in my journey is I am putting a cap on my financial successes because I want to make sure that I leave time to really go impact people mm-hmm. in a way that I want to impact them. So I like the way that he he said, like, I came from nothing. I had no money. I've been broke my whole life. Now, how could I fear it? I've been at the bottom, but now I put a cap on myself. He's like, I want to make two mil a year because that takes care of all the people I love and me. But then I'm going to go put myself in five fires. I'm going to go donate my time in Africa. I'm going to like, I like the way that he's kind of structured what he's doing. I can really appreciate it. Remember what we said? If we had kids, we would never tell them if we had money or not. Mm -mm. We would never save to give them a trust fund when we pass. I mean, life insurance, sure, but no. no. I want to. I can't imagine what it does to the psych if you are from a trust fund or you just know (coughs) money is always there. I actually read a while ago, I read a chart of someone who was this person. Mm-hmm. She was born into money, knows that she is just swimming in so much family money that she'll never, ever, ever, ever have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And she told me like, Seth, this is so weird, but I feel like you're the only person that won't judge me for this, but I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And I dream of just getting a van, like an old Volkswagen beat up and just leaving and mm-hmm. forcing myself, putting myself in the world with no money, no ties, no connections and seeing what it feels like to have to earn things. And she's like, I know that must sound so weird. I'm like, no, I, I get it. it. There's a different piece of self-confidence of your psych that's unlocked when you accomplish paying for all of your own things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially as a female. Yeah. Today. So to recap for these guys, because we, we sure like talking about money. What is If we had a whiteboard in front of everybody listening and said, okay, here we go. Here's the keys that we just summarized. Number mm-hmm. one, find your proximity slash extender. 
put yeah. yourself around people you don't think you can hang with because you ain't got that money. Well, no, number one is is creating habits okay. of the of the person that you want to be in okay, the business Virgo. you want to be in. He said, uh-uh, girl, number one. <laughs> well, you can't. You can't. Like, how are you going to put yourself in proximity to somebody when you don't even know who you are? So you got to create daily habits and find out who you really you are. You smoke me on my own show like this? Sorry. <laughs> don't bring it. a Virgo on. No, but like, find out who you are. Because if you don't know who you are and where you want to go, you're going to put yourself in proximity of other people who don't know where they want to go either. So figure out who you are. Second step. We've got to record our reactions. It'll yeah. just make this episode. Prox- proximity is second. You you got to then put yourself in the place and the hows and the whys and the wins um, of these things. Absolutely. So, and then number three, um, what I else would, did we talk about? I would say figuring out how to have a healthy relationship with money and uprooting those beliefs that like, you know, for you, um, success isn't for you. Right, like if I could just sum up uh, Mama Granny and the lineage, it's like success isn't for us. That just sums it up. So yep. you have to then rewire why is this not for me, and actually how is it for me? Yep. For me, I've had to rewire. Um, it's there, we'll make it, but we need to be very frugal with it, or just give, 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 give until we have nothing left. Yep. And so I've kind of had to rewire how I think about it to my relationship. Yeah. Um, and what else do we talk about? And then about? number four, I'll take it from here because it's just a spiritual side. Yeah. Number four, definitely practice money affirmations, money mantras. Like he was saying, this kind of crosses over feet on the ground, head in the stars. Go back into your lineage. Literally get a piece of paper and make a family tree. And from what you know, write down what your grandma or grandpa thought of money, your mm-hmm. great-grandma, great-grandpa thought of money. Yep. And just trace it back and analyze yourself and say, what patterns am I repeating? Uproot them, create new ones. And then number five, I would definitely say look into your birth chart. This is your soul's blueprint. Just looking at hers, if she, I'm going to tell her a book of private reading because we can really dive deep into her second house stellium, the eighth house stellium. They All those planets have these massive oppositions, which means they're playing tug of war. So her and I can sit down and get very specific with what part of her psyche, her mind, her heart are at tug of war with each other, preventing her from just moving forward instead of back and forth, back and forth. So astrology is number five. It's really good to know the money sector of your birth chart to know where you got to do a little spring cleaning. And a blanket for everyone, I think, would be believing in yourself so much that you know no matter what, you will get back up because you've done it before. It'll happen again, and you'll have to do it again. And no good story of wealth comes without stories of poverty. No. Of taking a chance, of having debt, of losing it all. Think of all the best people. They have those stories. Nobody says, I started a job, I did really well, and now I'm a millionaire. Like, I've okay. sat on the beach in Bermuda for 10 years since I started drinking Mai Tais. What are yeah. you doing? Nice. So inspiring. Yeah. No. The bad parts are the good parts. Ooh, there's your, there's your title. There we go. All right, guys, we are moving Friday morning to Denver at the studio that we're going to create. There's probably going to have way more light. Mm-hmm. Beautiful white walls. We'll see if we can turn this, excuse me, into a YouTube but we will be back on the airwaves. We might take a little bit of a break. We'll see. Probably record one more Astro Advice Column episode before we pack up these microphones and our <laughs> and our very Aquarian-looking money tree. And we'll see you guys when we see you. Yeah. If you want to send us your birth chart with your question, remember, email me, spowers at lightworkers-lounge.com. If you would like to skip that, be a little more private, you can book a birth chart reading using your podcast discount code, gratitude at checkout and we can dive into your chart personally and talk about whatever you want on your intake form where you give me your date of birth time place i ask you at the bottom let's do it pick out one or two things you really want to analyze and let's help you with this i will before we go this is how legit astrology with her is i radically changed everything that i've been doing for the last 20 years of my life, Mm -hmm. well, 15 years, Mm -hmm. over the last four months. And it's because one night (laughs) we sat down 
and I Virgoed the shit out of it, and I made a bunch of notes going over two placements. Boy, he questioned my me. My North Node <laughs> and my Midheaven. And my Chiron. Sorry, and three. Oh, yeah, and Jupiter. So those four, we uh-huh. went over. I made notes after notes. I woke up early in the morning and Googled and read and questioned and asked uh-huh. and questioned and asked, and it was probably one of the greatest... It will be the greatest astrological reading I've ever done because I'll never do any one with anyone else. But it was a huge turning point for me. And I already thought I was, you know, at level 10. I just, it made me realize I was at like level two. And now I'm truly going on the path that I want. Right. And you should always do a refresher. Like that was months ago. We should do that again because this stuff is hard to remember. It's a second Mm -hmm. language. So a refresher to remind you of your strengths and your power. So you can just simply remember. It's just a remembrance. I'm just turning on a light for you that got a little faded due to traumas and experiences and time. I'm just turning it back on. What's your new quote? Do you remember it? Astrology is not something you believe in. It is something you experience. Shout out to Colin from Queer Cosmos. There you go. Took that from him. It's true. That's what it is. So thank you guys for tuning in. Feet on the ground, head in the stars. We'll see you again for another episode soon. Peace out. Bye.